So let's continue the message. <laughs> I was preparing a message and had my scriptures. I was so excited I was going in a certain direction. And I could, it just inside of me quietly, it's not a voice. It's like, keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, you can dig from one scripture to another. Keep it simple. So I believe this is keeping it simple. All right? Developing a heavenly perspective. Developing a heavenly perspective. We've just concluded our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And therefore, I believe there's an attitude that we ought to keep. You've been told one of the attitude of giving is actually a cheerful giver. That's an attitude. Attitude is a big word that you and I must keep. I don't know how many times I've had, you know, like pressure or being, what do you call it? being challenged by something and I have to remind myself to keep an attitude of faith. Attitude is a big thing. So you keep that, there's an attitude that we ought to keep. To the degree that we have made progress, we need to push further, forward, forward further to see the manifestation of the kingdom of God through our lives every day. That should be our pursuit. I've spoken of our Wednesday meetings and I think on Fridays that our pursuit is to be like Christ. We should be like Christ. That's our ultimate goal. That's what we push forward to. That's what we want, that intimacy with God on a daily basis, that we may be just like him. I can tell by the spirit we have broken some barriers and we want to see more manifestation in the natural. This is why we must develop a heavenly perspective. It's an attitude of faith in God's promises. A heavenly perspective is actually an attitude of faith in God's promises. We see the things according to to God's word, or by, by the Spirit of God. <clears throat> I spoke about our ascended place in Christ in the last two Sundays, and then when you have ascended, your perspective changes. When you have ascended, your perspective changes. You see, Father, and supernaturally, you have a good vantage point. You can see clear now. You can see clear you can perceive the will of God for your life. You can move. You, you, can, you, can, you can stand unmoved, if I may use that word. I don't know if that's English. It, by natural things. That no matter what the devil throws at you, you've already been raised with Christ. You have a heavenly perspective, and you can, you can deal with the enemy with that perspective. That's our place of victory. We have been raised with Christ. We have been made to sit far above with him. Therefore, we, we are at a vantage point in dealing with the enemy. Amen? Listen, we are not trying to overcome. In Christ, we have been made overcomers. Actually, we are not trying to get healed. In Christ, we've already been healed. Is the healed now dealing with the enemy who tries to put sickness upon our bodies. That should be our attitude. That's a winning attitude right there. Now then, let's go to Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 to 2, in the Passion Translation. <clears throat> Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. Oh, that's good. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. 
This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honor, and authority. That's the reason. We've been raised together with him. His resurrection is our resurrection too. After, after he was raised from the dead, he didn't stay on earth. He was raised up and is seated at the right hand of the Father in the heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and dominion. So this is our resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ is enthroned and the place of all power, honor, and authority. Look at what follows next. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm. And fill your thoughts with the heavenly realities. Say, I fill my thoughts with the heavenly realities. And then he tells us that are not with the distractions of the natural realm. In other words, we should not fill our thoughts with the distractions of the natural realm. We fill our thoughts with heavenly realities. That's victory right there. What will that give to us? A heavenly perspective. Let me, ask, let, me, let me ask a question and then I will answer it. How do I fill my thoughts with heavenly realities? Would you want to, to know that? Yes, fill my thoughts with heavenly realities, but how do I do it? How would I do it? God's word is our heavenly realities. It's God's word. I asked the Lord some few years ago, it's been years, several years now, I asked the Lord, how can the realm of the spirit be a reality to me? They told me first, I want you to take my word as the roadmap into the realm of the spirit. If it's not consistent with the word, don't take it. However good it looks, because the Bible says even the, the devil and his servants de disguises himself as an angel of light. So because it, because it appears like God, does not mean it's God. But we have to prove it with the word of God. That's why Jesus told the devil in those temptations, it is written, it is written, it is written. However good it might be, it has to be consistent with the word of God. And then secondly, he said this to me, be conscious of the one who indwells you. Who's that who indwells us, the scripture is so clear in John 14, 15, 16, the Holy Spirit indwells us. If I want the realm of the Spirit to be a reality to me, I have to keep the word first. And secondly, I have to be conscious of the Holy Spirit who dwells inside of me. And the thing is this, church, the word and the Spirit will never contradict to each other. They too are one. And then, the third one, he spoke to me was this, pray much in tongues. Pray much in tongues. When I'm praying in the Spirit, when I'm praying in tongues, my mind is unfruitful. But it's spirit prayers. These are coming from my, the new creation because I'm born again. It's from my spirit to God whose spirit, according to John 4, 24. So when I'm praying much in the spirit, it's actually bypassing my mind. If you haven't noticed your mind and my mind do not know much. We do not know much. If we thought we, thought we knew you'll meet with someone who knows much better than you do. You understand that? That's why humility is the way of life. 
to a believer. We don't know as you ought to know. But listen to this. He has given us his spirit to indwell us. And the spirit of God is God. And he knows all things of God. And our spirits know all things concerning our lives. You'll find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Because of time I won't go into that. Therefore you pray much in tongues. Oh how many times have what believers say. Praying in tongues has passed away. With who? Why would it pass away? It's for all believers now. Not only do you, get, do you get saved, but you get baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. That's your supernatural language, that you can break barriers of the enemy. Even in times that you do not know how to pray, you pray in that language, and you break barriers of the enemy. And then fourthly, did I say that's the fourth one? That's the third one, okay? Pretty much in tongues. And then the fourth one, it, it, it spoke to me. I remember this was during the, that in 2020, when we are, we are in during the lockdown. It said this, thanksgiving, praise, and worship. If you want the, the, realm of the, the, the realm of the spirit to be a reality to you, have an attitude of thanksgiving. Have an attitude of praise and worship. You're worshiping the almighty God, the one who loves you. And with that kind of attitude, you realize that the realm of the spirit is a reality. It's not mysterious as to many people say so it's just a mysterious realm. No, it is revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. So how do I fill my thoughts with heavenly realities? God's word is our heavenly realities. God has clearly laid out his word, uh, how his kingdom functions. If I focus on God's word daily, my mind is being renewed and therefore changes from earthly perspective to the, uh, to the heavenly perspective. You'll find that in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When I'm, I'm in the word daily, I'm taking God's thoughts to be my thoughts. And it's impacting me because I start having what? A heavenly perspective in everything that I see. To the natural people or carnal believers, it's so difficult, they don't know what to do. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm more excited than, than the last 28 years that I've been a believer in Christ. I'm excited. Glorious days are here for the church. Hallelujah. Glorious days are here for the church. You know what? I do believe so much of the wealth transfer from the wicked to believers who are standing in faith. Glorious days are here. I was speaking last Sunday. Uh, I mean, last Friday, I was telling those who are here, saying this, that um, like Hamas and all those terrorist organizations, Hezbollah and all that, they thought or they think like, we can, uh, we can remove Israel from the map. No, never. No, never. No, never. I'm telling you, good news is this. The future of Israel is great. Hallelujah. We see that in Romans chapter 11. It's so clear. The future of Israel is great. The wicked shall perish. But because of God's covenant with Israel, it is a bright future for that nation of Israel. That's why we ought to pray for them. And I'm telling you this, the same thing with the church. Don't have one foot in the world. Things are getting better. Yeah, don't say like, oh God. Jesus, if you don't show up by this evening, I'm backsliding to go where? To go where? To go where? It's getting better. Hallelujah. 
Oh, it is. Oh, I see it. Oh, I sense it. Oh, it is getting better. Praise God. Hallelujah. What does that mean? For you who's believing, it's going to get better. It's better, 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 better. Better. No one I can sing a song over to you. I see you in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. Do you hear you students? I see you in the future. And you look much better than you do right now. Praise God. I've realized the older Tina and I are growing, the, the, the more better we become. Is that English? The better we have become. Huh? Come on, check out our photos. <laughs> what is cracking you that much, Susan? <laughs> especially me. Oh my goodness. Now, especially me, the better I've become. But, but don't you see that then Tina is a woman of faith? She saw my future and she said, I can marry this fellow. <laughs> He's so broke and worn out, but I think I can see his spirit. He's growing. <laughs> That's a woman of faith. Hallelujah. Let's go to John 3. I hope I have time here. I've got a bit to go through, but I want John 3 from the Passion Translation. I want to see us to look at the conversation of uh, our Lord Jesus with Nicodemus. <clears throat> oh, I'm reading from, let me go to the Passion. Why oh, don't you like the Passion Translation, those of you who read the Passion Translation? They have increased now. They have uh, even uh, Isaiah, Genesis, and it's so good. <clears throat> Now, there's a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus who was part of the sect called the Pharisees and a member of the Jewish ruling council. And then he came to Jesus one night. He discreetly came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is within him. Jesus answered Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can even perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. That word a rebirth is a Greek word born from above. Do you know why they keep telling you, scriptural actually, not me telling you, but the Bible keeps showing us that we ought to have a heavenly perspective. Listen, we are born from above. Our first birth, of course, is natural. But the second one, when you receive Jesus Christ, you are born from above. You are born from above. So you have to be born from above. Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? You see natural people? It's impossible for anyone to go into the womb, into the, womb the second time and be reborn. That's, that's natural thinking. Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, You'll never enter God's kingdom. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. Whoo! My goodness. The spirit life, the spirit realm, gives birth to, a, to supernatural life. So listen to this. The time or the moment you got born again, you are birthed into a supernatural life. 
Say, I'm a supernatural being. Having a natural experience. We're not natural beings having a supernatural experience. We are supernatural beings having a natural experience. Born from above. Jesus, the incarnate one, came from heaven. So he's a supernatural son of God, having a 100% experience of a natural man. Whew. My goodness. That revelation actually should break every barrier. Look at this verse 7. You, should be, you shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. You all must be born from above. So the moment we give our life to Christ, you are born from? Come on now. Born from above through your village. <laughs> born from above through your village. For those of you who are born in the village. In John chapter 3, 31, Jesus said the same thing. Still that verse 31. I like it from the Amplified, please. Let's read from the Amplified version. John 3, 31. He says something about, about, about being born from above. He says, he who comes from above, which is what? Come on, read it with me. Which is what? Heaven. Which is what? So do you see the reason why after having given our lives to Christ, we should have a heavenly perspective? Because that's our homeland. That's our homeland. Our citizenship is in heaven. That's our homeland. Therefore, he who comes from above is far above all others. Oh, no, no, married, please, the amplifier. They're the amplified. I wanted the other amplifier. Not amplified, classic. They're the amplified. He who comes from above. He who comes from heaven, above, is above all others. He who is of the earth is from the earth and speaks about things of the earth. Listen to this. Let's read this together. His viewpoint and experience are earthly. He who comes from heaven is above all. His viewpoint and experience are earthly. There are people when I meet with and I sit down with them, my goodness, I'm charged up to seek the Lord. I'm charged up to seek the Lord. There are some after you've left the meeting, you wonder, why did you meet? You've ever been there? Why did you meet? Because everything to them is earthly. It's earthly. But when you have, listen, the moment we give our life to Christ then, and we start growing and developing that, that heavenly mindset, our viewpoint and experience should not be earthly. Go, go back, please, over. Where we, oh, yeah, that's the same place. Yeah. Oh, no. Is that that one? Yeah, that one. Then our viewpoint and experience should not be earthly. Our viewpoint and experience should be heavenly. Let, let's, let me make this statement here. When you change your viewpoint, your experience changes. When you change your viewpoint, your experiences change. Many people have, believers have earthly viewpoint, therefore they have earthly experiences. When you receive, you start renewing your mind, we renew our minds and we have a heavenly perspective, a heavenly viewpoint. Our experiences change. Listen to this, we break barriers. We break barriers. <clears throat> I remember when God spoke to me to go to the Bible school. 
you know, in Jerry Saville Ministries, International Bible Institute. My viewpoint was I had no money. And I didn't have, not, not like just the viewpoint, it was a reality. You, you understand, you can have a viewpoint, you have some coins, but my viewpoint was, was right. I had zero money. So then what did I need to do? I went to the Lord. I remember going to a place in Kayole called uh, Mihango. I went to the Lord. In Mihango, I got God. Can you imagine? Mihango. I had the God's answer. So I went there, and I started asking the Lord, do you really want me to go to the Bible? He told me, he told me yes. What was he doing? Now he was changing my viewpoint. So that I could have what? A different ex experience. So he said yes. And I asked him, why do you want me to, the, to go to the Bible school? He took me to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. And he says, I want to go to the Bible school because the, especially the King Jemeth, you know, the old King James version, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So why do you want to, you to go to the Bible school? That you may study. Secondly, I said, God, you've said in your word by two or three witnesses shall a matter be established. Tell me again, why do you want me to go to the Bible school? It took me to Hosea 4.6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. I want you to receive my knowledge. Now the big question was about to come. Big, big to me, but not to God. Where is the money? They are paying over $1,000. Then, where is the money? You know, $1,000 in the year 2000. For, you know, man, men of you are not born in the year 2000. But in the year 2000, $1,000, that was a lot of money. And listen to this. I'm living in a slum. I'm in Dandora, living in a slum. And they are putting the figures in, in, in dollars. You are dead before even you begin walking. You, you understand? Oh, my goodness. But God needed to change my viewpoint. That was important. Then... He started showing me from the scriptures. One of the scriptures he showed me was Isaiah 45, verse 3. I've given you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. One of the scriptures he showed me was Isaiah 60, about the wealth that is available in the kingdom of God. Anyway, I went boldly because my viewpoint has started doing what? Changing. And what, what did it do to me? I got another experience now. My goodness, when I graduated from that Bible school, my viewpoint had changed. What was the next one? And it, God tells me, you need to get married now. My viewpoint was changing now. How do I get married? Show me the, 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 the lady I was supposed to get, the girl I was supposed to marry to. What is happening? The more you receive the word of God, your viewpoint changes. Amen. Are you seeing that? And what happens when your viewpoint changes, your experience changes. So listen to this. To change what you have been experiencing, you must change your viewpoint. And the agent of changing that viewpoint is the Word and the Spirit. Until that happens, nothing has changed in your life and my life. You know, I saw some some months ago, when they were talking about, I don't know how much billion of oil that was in the, in the ocean somewhere, you understand, had been cleared by someone. And there's a mama who showed up on the screen and started saying it was her, her oil of, I don't know how much billion. 
I got excited. I realized there are billions around in this nation. So you see people who tell you there's no money is their earthly viewpoint. Don't ever say there's no money. To be fair to yourself, if you are that earthly, say there's no money in my pocket. But it's plenty in circulation. I thought you were going to be enthused by that. But let me tell you something then. Why don't you say it's not here now, but it's coming? Amen. Amen. If you come out of your house and you don't find the dog you are looking for, what do you start calling? Like what Elder Francis said, mostly uh, Kenyan dogs when you are growing up, they are named Simba. So when you come outside the house and you don't find Simba, what do you do? You call it what? You call Simba. You don't say Simba is not here, Simba is not here, Simba is not here. You're not helping yourself. Start calling, calling out Simba. You know the way I, I was sitting in every rural area, Simba, Simba. We had, we, we, we had, a, we had a, a, a dog. Oh my goodness, that dog died in May 1982. I'm serious, I'm serious. It was called Lone. I think my dad had gotten a loan and bought that. I mean, he went for, he was a teacher. When he got a loan, then during that time, he bought one of the things he bought with his loan was, was a, a dog. And we called it loan. Oh, we adored loan. <laughs> I remember loan was sick. If uh, my, my sisters, my brothers, I say loan, they, they remember. That loan died in 1982. If dogs go to the other side, I'll find loan. I don't know. I don't know. I can't say, don't stay. I say dogs go to heaven. Hallelujah. When you change your viewpoint, your experiences also change. God wants you to experience heavenly realities while you are still on this earth. This should break every natural limitation because you have put on an eternal mindset. An eternal mindset. Let me read to you some statements quickly from the scriptures that Jesus made concerning an eternal perspective. Let me read concerning what he says about serving him. Serving him. In Matthew 16, 24 to 27, talking about serving him, he says this. He told his disciples, if anyone desires, desires to come to me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save this, his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? So in serving him, you have to think about this. You take up your cross daily and follow him. Listen, he's saying clearly, among other scriptures in Matthew 6, like Matthew 6, 33, he's saying this, our pursuit should be to serve him. Our sole pursuit is to follow him. That's our perspective. Why is that so, church? Because we are temporary in these physical bodies. We're very temporary. In fact, in the book of James, chapter, chapter 4, I think it's chapter 4, it says, your life is like a vapor. Your life is like a vapor. Shoom, it's gone. 
church, we're here temporarily. And the more I'm, I'm, I'm endeavoring and seeking to know the Lord, the more I, am, I have that understanding. I'm not talking about premature death. I'm talking about an understanding that my life is like a vapor. I am so temporary on this earth. In Colossians 3, 23 to 24, the Good News translation, it says this, whatever you do, say whatever I do. Say whatever I do. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. This is the attitude. Now that's the attitude. You purpose. Whatever I do, I do it with all my heart. I don't know how many times I've known it's God's will, and I say, God, help me. I'm willing to be made willing. I'm willing to be made willing. When I don't feel like doing it, but I'm willing to be made willing. Whatever you do, work it at it with all your heart, as though you're working for the Lord and not for the people, and not for people. Do you know the hours I take in preparation, praying for you on a weekly basis, and many people have sat down with them hours and hours and hours. I don't do that. I mean, I do that for you, but I do it as unto the Lord. I do that as unto the Lord. Remember that the Lord will give you as a reward. Whatever you do for the Lord, as unto the Lord, there's a reward. What he has kept for his people, for Christ is the real master you serve. You see that church? You see that church? Why do we do what we do? Okay, let me ask you a question. A very good question. If money was not the factor, would you do what you do? Hmm? If money was not the factor, was not a factor, would you do what you do? You know the answer. You, is that so? You know the answer? For some few people? If money was not a factor, will you do what you do? Listen, for me, I will do. I'm obeying what God told me on 22nd of August, 1997. He told me he's called me into the ministry, and I'm doing it. Now, money is not a factor. I'm going to keep doing it. So the second thing, so that is about serving him, okay? I'm, I'm passing because I know I can teach a lot and go into that. That's why I believe I'm keeping it simple, as I kept hearing. The, the second thing is being, be compassionate. He's talking about being compassionate. I want you to see from the scriptures. That heavenly mentality, that heavenly perspective will grant you compassion. Be compassionate. Yesterday, Deacon Norman and I, as we were walking, walking this side early in the morning, you know, prayer walk, during that prayer walk, we went to a certain place near the rosters over there, found a young man was sleeping. That was around, what, 6.30? Yeah, maybe sleeping on the ground and had his cape. You know, like someone has reached home, even his cape is placed somewhere and his seat is sleeping. And he's just, just there. He must have been in his mid-twenties. Is he here today, by the way? I told you to be here. If you're here, you better see us after this service. <laughs> but we found him sleeping. So we were passing, praying. Then I told him, I told him let's go back there. Went back and I woke him up. Hey, 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 hey. And he looked up. When he, he, he looked up, I could tell the fumes of alcohol. 
And I say, what are you doing here? Where you come from? Nyaururu? Did he say Nyaururu? And what are you doing here? This is not your home. Anyway, that is compassion. I led him to the Lord. We, we did. We prayed for him and, and leading him to the Lord. And he, you know, he's opening Lord Jesus and the fumes of alcohol coming on my face. And, and we led him to the Lord. He confessed the Lord Jesus. Then I told, he told him, wake up. Now stand up. And he started following us now behind, just, just walking. As we still continue to pray, then I felt like, man, where is he going? Turn to him. I said, so where are you going? To town? Did he say to town? Or? Anyway, uh, I, I asked him, how much money do you have? Do you have money for breakfast? Oh, no. I said, fine. I'm going to give you some money. I'm a pastor. This money is not for drinking. Go get something for you to eat. And tomorrow I want you to come to church. Give him the money. What is that church? That's compassion. That's lack of compassion. My life is like that's lack of compassion. That's lack of compassion. That's no compassion right there. That's, that's lack of compassion. You have no compassion. You have to be filled with compassion for people. Listen to this. And I've, I've taught about this. You come into God's presence, you start having his perspective. You are touched by what touches him. You are grieved by what grieves him. Church, I submit this to you. The world is hurting. They need you. They need the church to operate in compassion. It says in Matthew 25, I won't, I won't read the whole of it, but it says in the last, when he shows up, Jesus, he will separate the nations and there will be God, the God nations on his left hand and the right hand will have the sheep nation. And then he starts telling them that you, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. And then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? I'm talking about compassion. That's eternal. That is eternal, heavenly perspective. When did we see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? And then he says this, or, or, or when you did this, you seek, or in prison and come to you. Do you see our prison ministry there? Another thing that I want so much to happen in this church is hospital, hospital visitations. Anointed people who will pray and heal the sick in the name of Jesus. That we must have. Let's go back, please, in verse, verse 37. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did you see you hungry? You see how you're supposed to feed people? We keep doing it. Next week we are leaving, go into Marsabit. And, and we've been giving them food for some time. We haven't gone there. But, and, and, and thirsty, we're about to drill that borehole. Those are good works to them. We drill that borehole to, 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 for them to have a drink. Why are we doing this? We'll go further. Let's go, go to the next scripture, please. It says this, when did you see a stranger and take you in? I asked the Lord some years ago, they had an exposure of a beggars in town and you know guys have bandages all over until it has been revealed they are not even sick bandages are removed and they are protruding stomach are there stomachs are there and i thought lord god 
Oh, I have been conned. <laughs> Serious. I thought, oh God, I've been conned. I've given to these beggars. <laughs> How will I know? Because, because immediately after that, I started thinking, I don't think I'll bother with any of those people begging in town. Have you ever thought that way? Many times you say, what, all of them are con men. You are wrong. Not all of them are. Not all of them are. And I say, Lord, oh God, I'm really being conned. But some have given. And then, listen this, I ask, how will I know then the genuine ones? And he said this to me, if you listen to me, I will tell you. Listen, because the world is crooked and there are so many people who are conning others, that does not mean that you'll, you will withdraw from your givings. I mean, you, you will hold your compassion from giving to the world. No, no, no. No, no, no. You have the all-knowing one living inside of you. Ask the Holy Spirit. Ask him. He will tell you when to give. Okay, listen this. And all naked and clothe you. And I'll go back. And when did you see, when did we see you seek or in prison and come to you? And then he'll answer this way in verse 38, verse 40. And the king will answer and say to them, Assurely I say to you. Let's read it together. Assurely I say to you, Inasmuch as you did to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So a heavenly perspective. I am doing it heartily as unto the Lord. Praise God. We have children coming in here. We, I think our children just now is... <laughs> We have some attendance I saw in the statistics last week. We were 177. Do you know what we are doing, church? We're bringing these children from Maruru Islam. We started bringing from HLA, for those who from Maruru who come, from H, who come to HLA. But now others started joining. What will you tell them? Don't come. What will you tell them? Come. Why are we doing that? We're doing it yes, unto the Lord. Listen, we may be the only hope to bring them to salvation. Compassion. That's a heavenly perspective. Let's say some things that really touches your heart on riches. On riches. That touches your heart. Is that so? All right. Do you remember a rich young ruler in Mark chapter 10? You're sold to, give, uh, to, to go sell everything and give to the poor and follow the Lord Jesus. And he said, no. And then he says, Jesus, his disciples ask, who then can be saved? You know, and he started saying, with, it's impossible. Uh, with many, it's impossible. He says that it's impossible. Go, go back. Let, let me see before we go there. Let me read some one, two scriptures there to give, to have a, to have a perspective also. So then he started saying, oh, what will happen then? And then he says, verse 23, then Jesus looked at, at, around and said to his disciples, because this man left here sorrowfully, had great possessions. And he, says, he said this, Jesus said, how hard, verse 23, is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples are astonished at his words. I have to say this there. I've said it over and over again. He says, when he said how hard it is for those who have riches to enter into the kingdom of God, the disciples are astonished at his words. Why is that so? 
If they were poor, they could not have been astonished. You see what I'm saying? If they were poor, they could not have astonished. If they were poor, they could have said amen. It's very hard. But these disciples are not poor. Are you seeing what I'm saying? If they were poor, they could have said, oh yeah, oh yeah, Jesus, we've known that all the time. That's why we don't have anything. We are broke. But no, no, no. no not. They were astonished at his, his, his teaching, at his statement, at his words. And Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. He made it clear. Those who trust in riches. Listen, it's not against riches, but those who trust in riches, I'm going to show you a scripture in a, in a short time, and then it's of riches to enter the kingdom of God, and the disciples are astonished, of course, in verse 25, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I've heard so many explanations about this, but I believe what Jesus said it doesn't need it to be explained. You understand? It doesn't need to be explored. There's a certain gate in Jerusalem that a camel will go. I've heard that explained. But what Jesus has said does not need to be explained. He said that. It's hard for a camel to go through. A, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Now, if they were poor, they could have been shouting there. A shouting ground right there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We've known that all the time, Jesus. And they were greatly astonished among themselves. Greatly. Verse 26, astonished among the saints. Who then can be saved? We have possessions, you followed you, but who can be saved? Then Peter, then, then Jesus looked at them, with men it's impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. Then Peter again said to him, see, we have left all and followed you. If you don't have anything, you cannot leave anything. Is that English? If you don't have anything, you cannot leave anything. Personally, I left nothing. I didn't have anything. <laughs> if I was there, I could have said, that's okay. <laughs> I left nothing. Personal had nothing. I was 23, I was at zero. I left nothing. I left, the, the things that I left was alcohol, smoking, all those addictions, I left. But about possessions, zero. So you see, you're in a better place. Look at this. So Jesus said this, I surely say to you this, there's no one. Say no one. Let's say no one. No one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time. A hundredfold now in this time. Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions. When you prosper, you start being persecuted. And persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But men who are first will be last, and the last, the last first. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing his attitude on riches? In other words, you can forfeit anything that is a hindrance between you and your service to the master. That's a heavenly perspective. There are relationships that you ought to come out of because they are hindering you from walking with God. Did you hear that? There are relationships we ought to come out of because they are hindering you from walking with God. Why you forsake that? And in Luke 12, 15, he says this. Take heed, beware of covetousness. There's a person who said, oh, how can I get my inheritance? 
Help, tell my brother to, to, to give me a portion of the inheritance. And Jesus said this, who made me an arbitrator or a judge uh, for you? And then he says this, take heed and be of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of things he possesses. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. That's a heavenly perspective. One's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. I saw a certain video clip of a certain country in Africa, and, and I'm telling you, they have multi-billion, multi-million properties. Houses that they have built, mostly they live, they live in, in, in the UK. And, and, then, um, and then they're asking, so when do you go home there? He said, once a year. <laughs> but I'm telling you, can you think about a house like this size here of the sanctuary? Your own house. Huh? Rooms. Big rooms. Big sofas. Now, I'm not against that. You understand? About building a... Oh, my goodness. I, I, I definitely like to live in a good, good, well-built house. But the thing is this, is that should not be our pursuit. Our pursuit should be the Lord. And he, adds, he gives us everything else. Everything else. Praise God. Now look at this. The world is stingy. Ask the Lord to teach you about his generosity. The world is stingy. Oh, is it? I was, oh, there's someone. I was in a certain shop and I said, no, 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 you need to give me a good discount on this. And they said, ah, suakatua is serikali aruto. I said, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly what they said. So I cut two or I said, really? You cannot be generous? Then when I was done, I said, let me show you my generosity. I got into my pocket. I, I gave for that attendant good, good money. She was smiling. I said, you see my generosity? Listen, don't talk that way. Don't talk that way. Listen, don't insult the president. Oh, pastor, I've known all the time you're in Kenya Kwanzaa. You are wrong. You're wrong. You're just wrong. I'm showing you honor. Don't insult the president. The president is not in the Bible that for, for, the, the, for the president loved the world, so he came. You understand? He came to save the, the No, no, no. He's a human being. He's a human being. Don't insult him. Oh, he's a Kali Aruto. You're in problem. If you talk that way, you're in problem. Because you're, you're actually looking at, at man to help you. Instead of depending on God to help you. you are, your grandfather talked that way about Mzee Kenyatta's uh, presidency. Same. And then... Your, your, your parents talked about Moe's government, the same thing. Talked just that way. Oh, it is this Nyayo era. They talked that the same song. Then came your uncles concerning Mr. Kibaki's government. They talked the same thing, talked the same thing. They're building roads. Will you eat roads? We need food, not roads. 
they talk the same thing. And then when recently the junior, Mr. Uhuru came in, Mr. Kenyatta, the second one, came in, they, they talked. My age mates talked the same way. And now you are the new generation talking the same thing. Don't break that cycle. I said break that cycle. Your hope is not in this government. Your hope is in God. The only thing you can do, reasonable service, pray. I had the first lady say this. I'm not campaigning. You understand that? I had the first lady say this in a prayer meeting. Say, now I'm asking you, church. I'm asking you. In this housing project, have you made any application? Do you have architect, uh, architects in church? Do you have builders? Have you made any, 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 any application? Instead, oh, housing project, housing project, we to not pinga, housing project. Why don't you make, it's continuing, why don't you follow? <laughs> Ask the Lord, what should I do? Let me tell you something I've been asking the Lord. <clears throat> I think I shared in one of the prayer meetings here. I'm asking the Lord to show me the heart of the president. I don't want to listen to the media. I want to hear from the Lord. Oh, I'm in opposition and you are talking that way. You are wrong because I'm not even in the, the government or outside the government. I'm in the kingdom. Come up higher. Come up higher. Or else you'll have earthly viewpoint and earthly experience. And earthly, earthly viewpoint is broke and its experience is becoming broker. <laughs> huh? Oh, you went quiet. At least Mwiki uh, uh, school, just shout hallelujah. Just, just encourage me, hallelujah. This... Uh, these others are not shouting, shout hallelujah again. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. We should have some good meal for you after this. <laughs> hallelujah. Do you usually have fun doing what you do? Oh, just few of you? Oh, I shall have fun. That's why I'm doing here. Now, listen to this now. So are you singing about riches? Huh? His perspective? Now, let's, let's go. The world is stingy. Ask the Lord to teach you about his generosity. I was telling you about that, that, that shop I went to, and they didn't want to give me any discount. And I, I ended up blessing that attendant. In First Timothy chapter 6, 6, 17 to 19, quickly, let's start going a different direction now. Are you getting anything out of this? Do you want a heavenly viewpoint? This, no, that's the way to break barriers, actually. That's the way to break barriers. To all the rich of this world, let me hear you. Let me hear you. Yeah, listen, listen, listen to what he's telling us. To all the rich of this world, I command you not to be wrapped in thoughts of pride over your prosperity. You say, oh, oh God, we will not. We will not be wrapped up in thoughts of pride over our prosperity. Or rely on your wealth. Are you seeing that? For you are riches and unreliable. And nothing compared to the living God. Our riches, your riches are unreliable and nothing 
compared to the living God. The living God always comes first. Now look at what follows next. Trust instead. You remember what Jesus said in Mark chapter 10? He says, it is those who do what? Trust in the riches. But now, so it's a trust issue. Finances or wealth is about trust issue. He has no problem with you having, especially in our, nation, in our, in our wonderful Kenya, is no problem of you having land in every county. As long as your trust is intact. Now I'm talking to Kenyans. Land issues. Oh Lord. Did I tell you someone was calling me to buy a land somewhere? I said, where is that place? You know, you told from the place is so insignificant, and then from that insignificant place, you're supposed to drive four kilometers. How far is that insignificance? <laughs> And, 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 and tells me, I bought it in 2020, I bought it at 100,000, but I'm selling it now at a million. That means buy it and after three years you'll be selling it at four million. You know that, that kind of mentality? I have no problem with, with that, you understand? But you better be listening to the Lord. Okay. To, okay, then he says this. The thoughts of pride over your prosperity or rely on your wealth for your riches are unreliable and nothing compared to the living God. Trust instead in the one who lavishes upon us all good things, fulfilling our every need. Hallelujah. Lavishes upon us what? All good things. My peace of mind. My peace of heart. Those are good things. Every good and perfect gift coming from God. My peace of mind. And peace of, 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 of it just everything in peace. Look at this, what follows next in verse 18. Remind the wealthy to be rich in remarkable works. I'm reminding you, wealthy people. Are you still, you're not talking like, you're not responding like disciples of Jesus. I'm reminding you, you wealthy people. Listen, to be rich in remarkable works of extravagant generosity, willing to share with others. When times are so tight, tough in the natural, a heavenly perspective thinks that way. I'm willing, I'm extravagant, of extravagant generosity, I'm willing to share with others. And then it goes on to verse 19. This, sp these spiritual investments. Family Mountain likes saying that. Your investment in this. Now that's like we have a couples meeting coming up. Was it on 23rd? 23rd evening. Is f your investment in this is 5,000 shillings. So that's what? A spiritual what? Investment will provide a beautiful foundation for their lives and secure for them a great future. Your seed lays a foundation for the life now and for a great future as they lay their hands upon, it, upon the meaning of true life. That's a heavenly perspective. Church, 
we have an opportunity to live high and very high. There's a scripture we read in the beginning, Mary Diga read in the beginning of the service, that we ride in high places. Why is that so? Because we think different. We act different. As in Living Faith International, Victory Faith Church, we are blessed. We're educating orphans and vulnerable children. Listen to this. For free. For free. In fact, recently, Pastor Carla said, Professor Judy ever told me that about, uh, about milk. Are you giving those children a cup of milk every day? I said, no. As far as I'm concerned, I asked the ladies, I asked Miss Tina, I asked Miss Ruth, said no. She said this, please put it in the budget. Those children need a cup of milk every day <laughs> for their growth. Is that so, Professor? You're the one who's been sending texts to Pastor Carl. Now, you spoke to her years ago, she said, she remembered that. And do you know what that means? That is how much, that's how much per week. Twelve thousand per week? Is that twelve thousand per week? Are you not sure? Five thousand five hundred per week budget has increased. And then that means per month is how much? And you know, I sit in those meetings. What are we supposed to do if we, we think like the, the lady that was saying, this government? What are you supposed to think? Withhold. And what are you supposed to say? In natural thinking, natural perspective, what are you supposed to say? This is the work of the government to educate these children. No, sir, no, ma'am. It's the work of believing believers. I am so thankful to God we are able to do this. We're right now about to leave, go into Masabit next week on Monday. That is, you can say, that's the work of the government. That's the county government should be doing that. That's the work of the church. That's the work of believers believing. Take on or take up or take on a perspective of eternity. Listen, you will be a generous person. Thank you. You will be a generous person. Stop using vocabulary of tuna hustle, tuna sota, nimsoto. That's earthly, devilish thinking. Let's read one scripture, the last one, in John 8, 23. I read it from the Amplified, I think. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Yeah. I'm helping you. Yeah. The Lord and I are helping you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you should come to church every Sunday. Encourage me. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now look at this in verse 23. 
It's a long story there, but let's just focus. Let's focus on 22. So the Jews were asking among themselves, because you're saying I'm going away, and where I'm going, you cannot come. They asked among themselves, that's the Amplified. It says, where am I? Is what himself? Is that why he says, sorry, 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 sorry. So the Jews were asking among themselves, will he kill himself? Can you imagine? How can people be carnal? That much. Will he kill himself? Think about would Jesus commit suicide? That's exactly right. Will he kill himself? Is that, is that why he says where I'm going, you cannot come? <laughs> I don't know if you read the scriptures and start laughing. Do you see yourself in the scriptures and get to see what the people's thinking? Look at this. Where am I? Where am I? I'm going, you cannot come. Then he goes on to say, Jesus said this. He said to them, you are from below. That's a below thinking. You're from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. Can you have an amplified classic, please? Uh, amplified classic. I think it says a bit different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one I was looking for. It says to them, you are from below. Can you imagine someone telling you that? Your village is from below. And then he says this, I'm from above. You are of this world, of this earthly order. I am not of this world. Listen, you, there's a time that they, they thought, he knew they wanted to, to catch him by force and make him a king. He didn't come for that. His mind was set. His perspective was set. It was heavenly while he was still walking on this earth on a daily basis. Amen. Stand up on your feet, please. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. Church, no matter what is happening in this world, God wants us completely changed in that Romans 12 too, to renew our minds. There is abundance. There is overflowing of joy, even in the midst of all what is happening in this world. There is life which is way above what you've ever experienced. There are glorious times ahead. And we are right into them. There is prosperity for the kingdom seekers that adds no sorrow because it's the blessing of God. You alone are my strength, my shield. You alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long to worship you. Just lift your hands to him and sing to him. You alone are my strength, my shield. To you alone may my spirit yield. You alone are my heart's desire, and I long 
to shift us to that heavenly viewpoint so that we may have heavenly experiences while still living on this earth. You spoke to me some two years ago about how you desire your people to experience the ages, age to come in this time that we are living the glories of heaven because we are spirit beings and we are people of faith. We don't have to wait for a certain time. We have been raised together with Christ and we have been brought up together with him so that we may experience what he has in store for us and this natural realm should never limit us. Natural thinking, natural experiences should never experience us. But we ascend by faith. We take our position by faith. And you look, we look at eternal things and perceive the thoughts of God and what we see in the spirit. We act it out on this natural realm or in this natural realm. For he spoke to Moses and he told him this. I want you to build, to erect that tabernacle according to the pattern that I showed you in the mountain. There are things that God wants us to perceive by His Spirit. And we, as we perceive them, we see the heavenly pattern. And as we see the heavenly pattern, we shall never be dictated by what is happening in this natural realm. Because that which is from above is above all. 
there might be crisis in this natural realm and of course there is crisis in this natural realm they are all turmoil and confusion in the world but God has called us not to live like the people of the world but he's called us to rise up higher and perceive his will and know his will and be moved by his spirit and do exactly what we see by the spirit on this earth Noah perceived the will of God in his generation all the confusion that was in his lifetime. He perceived the heavenly call. He perceived what to do for God and he built that ark. The world that was at that time perished, but Noah was saved with his family. What was the difference? He was seeking to know what God's will was. You are called to know what God's will is for your generation. You're called to know what God's, what God's will is for your life. All the turmoil that you have known is earthly experience. Rise up higher. Rise up higher. Allow the Spirit of God to take you to high places and see all what God has in store for you. Oh my goodness, it's beautiful. Oh my goodness, it's glorious. Rise up higher. And I speak in the name of Jesus for the supernatural deliverance from all the emotions of terrible things you have gone through. I speak by the authority of God's word. Be separated from those experiences in the name of Jesus and be thrust into heavenly experiences that we may develop new emotions, new emotions concerning the life to come, concerning the future that God has in store for you. Don't be blinded by what you have experienced in the past. For God is thrusting you into a new thing. Don't be, don't be blinded by your terrible experiences. Even to some of, so, so many of you, you said, I, I had so bad experiences growing up in my family. Oh my goodness, God is healing you. God is healing you. There are some of you being a stronghold in your mind. You've not been able to release those thoughts and you keep thinking the same thoughts over and over. It's a cycle. But the power of God, I release it right now in the name of Jesus, is breaking those strongholds now of your mind in the name of Jesus. And right now there are some people who feel like there is something that left your head. It's being right there, but it's left your head. Those are demonic strongholds that have left you. And welcome now to the heavenly perspective that God has in store for you. Father, I bless your people and I thank you for each one of them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.